Retreat for Cross Connection Church Houston. We hope it blesses you, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website. It's connectedtojesus.org. Thanks, and God bless. Uh, chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Before I start talking about this holy one that Isaiah saw. Um, I'm going to read from Luke 1, 27 through 35, and you don't have to go there, but really listen. It says, The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We saw that on the screen. Emmanuel. Mary was greatly troubled as his, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Let me stop there. The, the way that that could be is Mary was a virgin. With her being a virgin, pure and holy, made her available to be used by God. She was holy, and so the Holy One who is going to be born um, will be able to tell her later in the Magnificat um, how proud of her she is. He is. Um, Anyway, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And in some of your versions, it probably says, Or so the child to be born will be called holy. Holy. And this is who Isaiah saw, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died. You know, in every life there comes uh, several moments where you just know it's the Lord talking to you. there was memorable moments when God shows himself to us in ways that we need him to. Um, he's king of all, and you did a magnificent job there. He's, he is omnipresent. He is always, always with us. He's here now. You know, and I love the one of the songs that says, In Zion, or when we read that, I don't know where that was, where we just saw In Zion. Well, that's where we are. Yeah, we just read that in Psalm 99. We're in Zion right here. That's the name of this place. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, 
perfect. Um, but uh, he is so much more than the king of all. You know, uh, omnipresent, yeah, omnipotent. When you feel your weakest, that's when God does his best work. You know, we're, we're all kind of proud people. You know, we think we know something. If I know one thing, you will know it. <laughs> and usually I just know one thing. But if I know one thing and I know I'm right about that one thing, oh, yeah, girl, look, look out. I know it. And don't try to tell me otherwise. The one thing I do know, and, and nobody had to convince me of this, um, is Jesus is who he says he is. I can't, like my husband can do the historical thing and all that stuff and what and what. No, I just know that he was sinless, pure, and holy. He left heaven to come here to die for my sins and yours. They killed him, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again and he lives and is at the right hand of the Father ever interceding on our behalf. I just know that. Why I know that, I don't know, barely graduated high school, but I know that. I don't know a whole lot of anything else that I know. And uh, you know what? That's all I need to know. The holy, pure God who died for the sins of the world, though he was completely innocent and pure, died for me. I'm good. I can live the rest of my life with that. Nothing else. I don't need anything else. And nobody, nobody has ever been able to change my mind about that. The smartest people, you know? I am like a 10-bulb, 10 10-watt 10 bulb. Some of you are like 100-watt bulbs. I'm a 10-watt bulb, but my light shines when it's really, really dark. <laughs> you just, a little tiny match, a little pin light. Everybody's face goes to that. That's all we have to be. You can be a 1-watt bulb. And that's good enough for Jesus. So the Holy One, that's his holiness living in us. So let me go on. I digress. Um, and <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. That Do you know him? The one we sang, we, we watched last night? Man, that guy, he's, he sounds kind of old, like he's been through a lot of stuff. And so he probably really personally knows God in a much deeper way than some of us. I don't care if I don't ever suffer. You know, suffering will bring about maybe that kind of a relationship. Now, I want to know Jesus up close and personal, but maybe not to that extent. (laughs) Until I get to be with the Holy One, then I'll understand fully. I'm good with getting there and understanding fully when I get there. (laughs) So I was kind of laughing at that at myself. You know, um, it's a little intimidating when you hear that. Because the Lord wants us to know him in a deeper way. And, and it's sometimes it's through the sufferings that we really get to know him. It's in the sufferings where we really get to hear his voice say, I am with you, baby. You're going to be okay. For, for about a year now. Oh, I'm so sorry because I need not whisper. I know I'm a loud person, but sometimes my voice does go down. Um, and so if you have a hard time hearing, sit in the front row next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, see, I'm talking too much. Um, but the reason why the Lord wants us to know him better, uh, you know that scripture where it says he wants you to be able to comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received? Man, sometimes you have to go through, through some things so that you can relate to the people who are coming up behind you, and they want to know 
how you survived. Well, I hold on to the Holy One, and he brings me through these certain things. Even though sometimes when I'm holding on to the Holy One, I'm like, ah! <laughs> roller coaster ride. I don't like roller coasters, Lord. <laughs> don't like them one bit. Never did. Never will. And people pay money. But I'm walking with you, Lord. It should be like smooth sailing. He's like, who told you that? It's not ever going to be smooth sailing. So poor Isaiah, he's going to see, you know, it's in the year that King Uzziah died. I think his eyes were on the king for so many years because the king would be able to tell him what to do and how to do it. And now the king has died, and the Lord is saying, Isaiah. (laughs) What? Isaiah. Do you hear the Lord calling you into a certain area? Sometimes we, we kind of go, la, 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 la. You can't be asking me to do that. This coming over here. I just wanted you to know, Jenny. Now, I've been speaking at, at retreats and conferences for quite a while. But pretty much every single time, maybe not so bad this time, I would be like, no, I don't want to go over there. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? You know? And the Holy One says, can you remember that I live in you? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And, you know, how beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Do you guys know that one? Song of Songs, 4-7. It's, it's, can you see my tattoo? It's right there. Can you see it? She's like, no, I can't hear and can't see. It's, it's really not a tattoo. I'm just, it's just, I, when I see that, it's like, that's what, I'm all perfect. I'm perfect. You know why? And so are you. If you're a born again Christian, you're perfect in every way because the Holy One has given you his righteousness. You're perfect. And you know, we want to focus on the Lord, but he, he has been saying to me, and we talked about this this morning, the Lord wants us to see us the way he sees us. He's given us his holiness. You know, he wants us to focus on him, yes, but he wants us to focus on him in us so that we can take him in us to this broken, lost, in the dark world. He wants to change our lives. And so I love that um, that little clip of do you know him? Do you know him? Not comparing yourself to how somebody else knows him. Just, do you know him? Even if you know just that one thing. Even if you're a one-watt, ten-watt bulb, you know him. And you know what? It's his job um, to continue growing you up. I, I have a feeling that he, one of those old cranker things, that generator-like a thing, and he'll make your one-watt or your ten-watt a hundred-watt bulb when he needs it to be. He can even make it one of those big search lights when he needs it to be. Some of you guys are getting ready to go to Africa. You're going to need the search light because it's dark there. Not just dark people. <laughs> just It's dark there. <laughs> so, just you're, you, you, you guys, some of you have already been, so you already know it's dark there. So your little tiny one watt, the Lord will make it a big search light. You'll be fine. Don't be afraid. But, He really wants us to know him better, you know, so we are not so intimidated and that we will be able to um, speak to other people in a way that they can't shake our faith, our foundation in the Lord. And so 
he'll say to us, maybe it's just me, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. And you know, when you, when you're still, that's when he's going to tell you how beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. I'm right here with you and I will never leave you or forsake you, which we heard last night. I know the plans I have for you. I go before you. I walk beside you. I'm behind you. And if you should trip, my ever-loving arms are beneath you, lest you should fall. I have you. I have you. Well, Isaiah is about to have a clear picture, not only of the king, but a clear picture of who he is. He's a sinner among sinful people. And when we stand in the presence of pure holiness, our perceived righteousness, you know, Jehovah Sidkenu, um, our perceived holiness, righteousness, thinking ourselves to be all right, maybe even better than someone else. At least I'm not as bad as, and you guys, you got somebody, you already just click, it goes in usually. Um, but that so-called righteousness is as filthy rags when compared to the Holy One. You are no better, I am no better than anyone else. And so that's always a pride check for me because sometimes when I'll be out, you know, I'll see certain people and they're acting in an ugly way. I'll say, I'm so glad I'm not like that. And the Lord says, you mean those people that I love so much? Oh, man, talk about perspective check. And the Holy One of Israel says to me, you used to be just like that. Just like that. And so I want you to have eyes of holiness to see them as I see you. So when you go and it's dark, and that could be in your own home, remember, you want to see them through the holy eyes of our Lord, not through our tainted, self-righteous eyes. So Isaiah goes on to say in verse 2, Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Even these angels, unfallen angels, um, know that they are in the presence of holiness. Their eyes, our eyes, like if we looked into the sun, on a, the most clear day, if we looked into the sun without any eye uh, sunshades or just, you know, our eyes were stuck open and our eyes would burn up. These unfallen angels realize that, you know, and 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 with their their feet, they can't stand on the ground around this holiness. Like um, the ground you're standing on, Moses, is holy ground. You know, take those sandals off. Don't be bringing that filth in here, you know. Um, but these angels understand that we need to, too. We don't just want to run into the presence of the Lord with all of our filth. We want to come to our holy God saying, Lord, search my heart. Know my deepest ugly sin. You know, it seems like we all kind of hold on to something. And the Lord says, I see that. Why are you trying to hide that from me? I see it. Go ahead, confess it. But we're so embarrassed, you know, about the things we once did or the way we once were. I'm like Isaiah. Woe is me, a woman of unclean lips, you know. In Revelation 
4.8, it says of these same angels that day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. To me, that says when you're out in public or at church, we can put on our churchy face, right? You know, I was at the gym the other day and there's a guy who's fairly new to our church, you know, and he goes to the gym too. So when I came out, he was having a discussion with some other people and I heard like a curse word come out of his mouth. And then he said another word, which you should have said maybe instead because he saw me come into the room. And I was thinking, I didn't look at him. I just pretended like it didn't happen because to say something in front of the other people and him would have been inappropriate. But I remember I used to use that same kind of language in front of my children. Like even hiding the wine coolers behind the milk or the orange juice like they're not going to see that. (laughs) But I was just like that, the professing, only professing Christian in my family. And so it's kind of like the Lord said, give grace. Don't say anything yet. But then he disappeared and I didn't see him again. And then he wasn't at church that night. And so as I was praying, Lord, you convict him. You, you're the Holy One. He belongs to you. You'll clean him up in time. And I have the strongest feeling that he's going to come to me and say, I know you heard what I said. Please forgive me. And who am I not to forgive him? In my mind, I think just like that first. Don't you? But it's one of those praise the Lord's that he doesn't let them, let those words come out any longer. My husband tells the story. When he was at Bible college, one of the older guys, he was a dorm steward. He's just, he used to be a car salesman, so <laughs> give him some slack. Um, <laughs> and a curse word came out. My husband's face, and it was Marco Roscoe. I don't know if you guys know him. He's a pastor, I think, in Northern California somewhere. His eyes went like that. Ron's eyes went like that. Total shock. He hadn't said a curse word in a long time, but there it was. That kind of stuff is still in us. So that's why I'm saying, let the Holy One search your heart and know what's in there. Well, he knows, but let him know you're struggling with that. You don't want to be like that anymore. Please, Holy One, shine your light in me in those corners of darkness where maybe there's unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger, you know, maybe a holding on to something that you just don't want to let go of. You know, you let it go, and you're like, well, let him, let him have that. Because he wants to let you know you are already holy. Anyway, this is an awesome moment for Isaiah. God has made himself known. Isaiah, he doesn't give a date as to when this happened, but he sure remembers the year when the Lord called him to be separated for the Lord's service as a prophet. He says, I'm standing in the presence of pure holiness. I'm going to die. You think you're going to die when you come into the presence of the Lord. He's not going to kill you. He's going to say, baby, I've been waiting for you for so long to come to this place to give me all of you for real this time. You know, I want, I've been wanting to take that from you. I've been wanting to come into every area of your life. And you and I walk in the purest of relationship. Don't hold on to any of the ugliness. Pure. Pure is untainted, not a drop of blackness in our life. I loved how you, you had that glass. And I'm a picture person. i just not a prop kind of person because I'll probably forget them. And how's it go again? You know, one, one, what, both of them. And so, you know, 
I'm thinking of a glass of pure water, and instead of that red, like the blood of Christ, the holiness of God, I'm thinking there's not one drop of black in that glass with Jesus. There's no darkness at all. He doesn't want any darkness at all in our lives either. And so that pure, untainted um, relationship is what he wants. And Isaiah goes on to say, because he recognized that darkness in himself, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord the king, I should say, the Lord of hosts. When you come before the Lord, it's just you and him. It's not your comparison to any other person. It's just you and the holiness of God. And in that, not that there should be any kind of condemnation, but there should be an openness and an honesty of, Lord, yes, this is how I am. I listened to a lady at the gym the other day, too. She said, oh, it's so much fun talking to some other people, talking about people. Total gossip. She's not a Christian at all, but total gossip. Are you a gossip? Do you like talking bad about other people? The Lord says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to talk to me. Find out the ugliness in yourself, and you'll be less likely to focus on the ugliness of other people. I want your holiness, my holiness, to be who you are, not who you want to be, but who you are. And so Isaiah is realizing, I'm undone, Lord, because you know the whole truth and nothing but the truth about me right now. And wouldn't you think, God's like, that's right, I can't believe you like that. You said you're going to represent me? What? He's not like that at all. I love how um, he's going to send an angel to cleanse him. I love, this is one of my favorite Lachelle's too. We say this all the time. Because we're like this. We're kind of on the ghetto side, you know. <laughs> hey, the truth is the truth. There's different people. I love the word unique. Now, I can talk to some people and they can't, they can't hear me. They can't receive from me. But I can talk to some and they're like, oh man, I relate with her. She's a nut, but she loves Jesus, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she, she talks kind of ghetto, but I can, you know, I understand her, you know. I didn't think I could be a Christian because I'm kind of funny. But I realized God has a sense of humor as well. I mean, he, he made you. <laughs> you know? And so we're okay. I didn't think I could be in the club. But anyway, um, you know, going before the Lord, because I'm like, oh, man, I blew it again. <laughs> Sorry. He's like, I know, you're a hot mess, but you're my hot mess, and so it's okay. But Psalm 51.3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. You know who said that? David. When was it? After his little tryst and a year and a half of trying to hide the whole thing with Bathsheba. You know, the Lord knew the whole time, and David was growing more and more depressed. You know, his relationship with the Lord was growing farther and farther away. But the Lord is so good to send Nathan, you know, to say, David, you're the man who took that one man's only you lamb for yourself when you had all these sheep. David's like, oh, who is it? I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to put him down. That'd be me. That's flesh, total flesh. And, and, the, and then Nathan said, no, 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 David, you're the man. And he's like, oh, man, 
I'm busted. I am so busted. But you know who David knew? David knew his king. He knew the Holy One. And if he threw himself on the mercy of the king and the Holy One, that he would be forgiven. And sure enough, a man after God's own heart and his list of sins. Not as long as maybe some of yours. Certainly not as long as mine. But, you know, God is still the same God, ready to forgive. And he's the king who has the power and the authority and the desire to do so. Because he's the Holy One and he wants us to be holy as well. And he says, I want to pour that all over you. And so if you will put your hands down and leave your heart open, he will pour his righteousness, his holiness, his goodness, his faithfulness, all that into your heart to where it's overflowing. But if you insist on protecting your heart, I'm never going to be hurt again. I'm never going to trust again. Then you are keeping that pure, holy, passionate love from coming into your heart as well. So hands down, heart open. He's righteous, righteous. That means just for you and me, just right with God. It's no big, no big word. It's just right with God. He says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. That's all past tense. That's all past tense. If you're a born-again Christian, all that stuff that you did and you were, even this morning, if you'll say, Lord, I didn't have the right attitude. Lord, when I said this or when I did this, Lord, I'm so sorry. And he's like, okay. It's not one of those things where you have to beat yourself. I can't believe I did it again. <clears throat> what is kind of Christian am I? I used to be just like that. I used to think I had to beat myself up for a good week. You know, just feel bad about myself for a week. And then the Lord would say, that's what I'm talking about. You just beat yourself to smithereens, and then we can walk together. No, the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of Zion, the Holy One of you and me says, girl, would you please get up? I died for all your sins, past, present, even future ones. You know, I, I'm going to sin tomorrow. No, I'm going to sin today. <laughs> tomorrow, you know, that's another day. I'm going to mess up today. I know it. I know it. Let me be in the car and somebody get the parking place I saw first. (laughs) And this is so bad because I don't care how old a person is. (laughs) I'm able-bodied and I saw that parking place first and I'll be looking at them like, you saw me see that I saw, you know the kind of thing? (laughs) Don't even think about it. I've got my signal on. The Lord said, she's 85 years old. Give her the parking place. (laughs) You see there's not enough handicapped places. And she looked for the handicapped place. You saw her looking for the handicapped place, and there's no handicapped place. Let her have the place. I'm like, no, I was here first. (sighs) One watt bulb. (laughs) But my sin has been purged, and I'll say, okay, Lord, I'll give her the parking place this time. No, no, no. Um, And he's like... I love you, Paula, because though you have flesh moments, you really do, your heart really does want to please me. And so you just confess, you get up, and you keep going. Do not take a lot of time beating yourself up. 
because it's just a waste of time, and that's where the devil wants to keep you. Because if you get up and you move on, even though you feel bad, like, Lord, I'm so sorry I had that crummy attitude again. (laughs) Um, He's like, I know. You'll be better next time. But thank you for getting up and moving on with me. Because in that moment, the holiness of God is shining in me. Other people can witness it. But more than that, Jesus smiles. And isn't that what we all want? We want to see the Holy One smile because he's pleased with us. And he's already pleased with us. But when we act on that, he just smiles. So for Isaiah, an angel was sent with a call to cleanse him of his iniquity and purge him of his sin. But for you and me, guess what? Jesus himself came down. Jesus came down to cleanse us, to love us, to be with us. And I do this all the time. That reminds me that I'm in his presence and he's with me, the one who promises never to leave me or forsake me, even if I'm acting like a fool. He's like, I'm right here. As soon as you turn around and say you're sorry to me, we're going to be able to walk together, together again. I love him for that. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the reason we can do that, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. That's a good and a holy God. Perfect. Perfect. It's like um, pure, but perfect. Um, 1 John 1.5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, not even a black drop of dye. And then Isaiah goes on in um, this, and he says, And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Then I said, Here am I, send me. And so, getting back to um, the Lord has chosen me for... <laughs> You know, I always laugh kind of at him like, Lord, you sure? (laughs) But, yeah, he's sure. The Lord has chosen you. You say, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. He's chosen us. So he says, you know, who will go for me? Who will go for us? Raise your hand. You know? Even if you don't feel qualified. And who really does? And if you do think you're qualified, you're not ready. Yeah. You know, I told my husband, I said, you know, they only ask me over here. Because they think I'm going to be like you. That man is a genius. He can remember everything. He can do a book report on a book he read in third grade today. He knows every child he ever went to school with, first and last name, teacher included. We used to play golf. He knows every shot, every angle on the golf course. Of ever. He's just phenomenal. Kind of irritates me to no end. <laughs> He's like the big searchlight, what? And I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Well, we, we compliment each other real well, so we kind of... <laughs> he wishes he was like me. <laughs> I convinced him of that. I said, I'm funny, right? I'm funny, right? And I won't let it go until he says, yes, honey, you're funny. But I really wish I was more like him. Jenny and I were talking about our husbands last night. You know, I was saved before him. Smoking section in heaven, safe, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, 13 years before him, but once he got saved and opened the Bible, I was telling Jenny, he understood what it said. I'm like, no, you did not. I'm reading it for 13 years to get nothing, nothing, until 
after he got saved and I read this. Um, God hates divorce. Oh, really? Because I was on my way gone, girl. Gone. But the Holy One of Israel said, no, I have a plan for you and I have a plan for him. Will you stay for me? Will you let me touch your lips? Will you let me cleanse your heart? Will you let me make your life holy so I can use it for my glory? Sometimes he asks hard things because I was gone. I was praying for, Lord, give me a Christian man you had for me all along and kill this one. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Lachelle, she's heard this story so many times. Run over him with a Mack truck. (laughs) Put in a reverse. Because I want to know he's all the way dead. And then just for, put it back in drive and go again. Let the back tire stay on his face so I can see it. That's bad, huh? You think that's bad? I'm saved. Praying like that. In Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. And the Holy One said, that's not me. (laughs) Well, it should be. I love the Lord. See what I'm saying? You can be open and honest with the Lord, and he's still going to take you, make you, and shape you, and make you holy. And then here I am talking to you, reading the Bible on holy ground with my shoes on, and I'm, I used to be white with long blonde hair, but now I've been zapped with, with the lightning so many times. But the Holy One says, I'm going to let you live. You're going to be dark, pretty ashy, but I'm going to let you live so I can use you. Comfort others with the comfort you yourselves have received, you know. So don't, Christianity 101, I'm telling you what to do. Don't follow my example. But he says, who am I? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? So here I am, Lord. And I used to be just scared as can be to be called to go speak to other women about the Lord. And yet, if I'll just stand there and trust the Lord, he's going to speak through me. You might have a weird personality, too. You might be strange. But you know what? (laughs) We've been talking about this. I'm a genius. Because I believed that Jesus came from God the Father, lived a holy, sinless, perfect life, holy, Sinless, perfect life. They were irritated with him because his light shined so much on their darkness that they wanted to kill him. And so they trumped up charges. They went before Pilate and said, you give us Barabbas. Because if you don't, you've chosen Jesus and the Romans are going to be really upset with you. And so he chose what the people wanted instead of what he knew was true. And so when people are listening to you, maybe watching your lives, and you irritate them, it's okay. God has sent you. You tell the truth. Let the chips fall where they may. Pray that the Holy One will penetrate their darkness and maybe eventually bring them to Christ. My husband was saved 13 years after That was hard, 13 years, girl. (laughs) 
but it was all right. Praise the Lord for him that he never hit me because he'd have gone to hell and I'd have gone to heaven from jail. Because <laughs> the Holy One still would have loved me, you know. So here I am. Send me. You are too. Okay, what's our loving response? What's the so what? You know, we know the names of God. What's the so what of that? Um, in 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, it says, Therefore, gird up your loins, the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. One more, Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Lord, we would love nothing more than to walk in the holiness that you have given us. Lord, we still have this flesh. We live in this stinky, dirty world, and they have no qualms about the unclean lips so much of the time that they're spewing out on us, Lord. Then we have Satan himself inflaming our own flesh to go the way of the world too often instead of listening for your still, small voice, instead of sitting down, being still before you, Lord, that we would know you and your heart for all that you have created. Lord, I pray that we would offer our bodies, our minds, our hearts to you, the living, pure, holy God, that you might have your way in us, that we might be, whether it's a one what or the searchlight bulb, searching in this dark world for any and all that you have called to your service. In Jesus' name, amen.